The World of Dark Ages podcast presents Side Quests, tidbits and inspiration for the Dark Ages. Greetings, dear listeners, and welcome to Side Quests. My name is Jacob. And I'm Peter. Today's episode is pretty special because we have our first interview. So to our guests, please introduce yourselves. Hello, I'm Orion Drew. And this is... I'm Sable Kelland. So, uh, for those listeners who haven't read the description of this episode, uh, the reason we asked for this interview is because you're the main organizers behind an upcoming historical vampire lab. Uh, first of all, thank you for taking time out from what I imagine is a pretty busy schedule. So, give us the intro to the LARP. Yeah, no problem. Um, so, Giovanni the Last Supper is an emotionally intense but accessible vampire game that takes place in a really beautiful mansion that we hope <laughs> looks straight out of a fairy tale. It's a, a wedding venue in Devon, England, called Huntsham Court. However, our characters, for the purpose of the game, are just outside of Florence in Italy. The game is set in 1454, rural Italy, in the less-known estate belonging to your host, Claudius Giovanni, the vampire. Um, with our setting, the Black Plague has left Europe, left Europe sorry, devastated. Um, but we've kind of come out of the middle era now. And uh, yeah, it's a vampire game for adults that love fantasy, horror, and history. Um, so the first thing that was put up when you uh, sort of advertised this lab was the location um, with a YouTube video taking a look at it. So talk a little bit about that because it frankly looks amazing. <laughs> Yeah, so uh, Huntsham Court is a grade two listed uh, mansion house. So uh, we have different grading in Britain for our historical sites. Uh, grade two are the particularly important buildings um, that warrant special interest from our government and private institutions to try and preserve them. Uh, Huntsham Court itself has a really colourful history. <laughs> it's currently a private house, but once upon a time, I think it was 1760, the estate was bought by William Troit after a good marriage to the lady Cecily Ackland. She was the widow of a sixth baronet, Sir Hugh Ackland, I think. And the estate subsequently passed one hand to the next into a few different people in British peerage. Um, let's see, I've actually got some notes here for that. But ultimately it became something of a, a party house. You even had the writer Douglas Adams, who uh, worked out of it for a little while as well. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it was basically idle rich. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to check out the towels. Sorry, Peter, then. did you say something? I think I missed that. <laughs> yeah, I said I'm going to check out the towels then. I, I love Douglas Adams. And of course, it's become sort of a thing that that LARPs are being held in, in castles and manor houses and things like that. And I have to say, I am quite in favor of it. I remember doing my, my first vampire LARPs in, uh, in schools where uh, we, we tried to decorate the rooms. Uh, so how did you find a location like that? Was it just looking around or did you have any prior knowledge of the place? Um, I spent a long time <laughs> ringing around. I have a short list of about 70 venues from England to Poland to Tuscany. We Ooh. decided to go on home ground in the end so that we could cater um, and make that a bit easier for our first big international game. However, Huntsham Court is one of the, in my opinion, the 
most lavish, kind of more opulent venues we could have chosen. So we decided to make a bit mm. of a treat for players. Cool. Uh, well, I'm certainly, you know, blown away by the, the location. <laughs> yeah, you, you, Jacob, you actually went down to, to a castle in Poland, wasn't it, to, to play? And I've, I've managed to miss every opportunity I've had to go to one of those places. So I'm, I'm really looking forward to, to actually uh, just spending some time in, in an English manor house. Uh, and, <laughs> I think, uh, I mean, the, the, the location looks to be just as much a character as the players in, in this game. Uh, as it was with with the the LARP yeah. in Poland, um, so this this uh, scenario, as you mentioned, it is a vampire scenario, and mm-hmm. we are we're dealing with the Giovanni clan. So, where did the inspirations for this scenario come from? And uh, sort of related to that, why did you choose this specific scenario as uh, as the sort of um, basis for the LARP? Mm-hmm. Um... I love the Giovanni Chronicles. Um, I have a huge love for being dropped into a world that I know nothing about as a character. I love to get to choose my sire as the player while making my character suffer all the horror of being basically bartered around by these other sires. (laughs) So the um, point of Giovanni the Lost Supper for us was to bring a much loved um, gothic literacy standard into the world of darkness. We really like Victorian novels, we're a big fan of that era, but um, we really love the Dark Ages into Renaissance setting for Vampire the Masquerade. So we decided to try and blur these two with a very nice brooding atmosphere, um, which Giovanni gives us really nicely. And the Renaissance has all this gorgeous bustling change to it for the era. Yeah, it is. We've we've been talking about it in in the podcast that the the Renaissance, or or at least for me, it's one of the uh, time periods that I would really like to to have a, a game set in. So it's it's really an opportunity for me. And and as you say, it's there are so many things going on, uh, mm. especially in in uh, the 1450s. It's you you had a printing press uh, <laughs> invented just the year before. So yeah, you, the, yeah, there's there's a lot of things going on, and I I really like it. We, um, we picked a setting at the dawn of the early Renaissance because the era introduces like, so many paradigm shifts in mm. global politics, travel and trade, and yeah. shifting attitudes towards religion, spirituality. Um, and we thought the reintroduction of classical Greco-Roman philosophy and mythology into early Renaissance educational curriculums acted as a pretty interesting touchstone for um, vampires in particular. As you know, lots of elders would have been born during the golden age of the ancient Greek and Roman civilizations. Mm. I remember. Really I, love... Sorry, uh, I was just going to say I remember running the Giovanni Chronicles, and uh, I remember running the scenario that this is inspired from, and it 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 struck me as being uh, a bit perhaps uh, linear, but. I can see that, you know, a lot of changes have been made for the LARP and it seems like you've really brought out the essence of it. Uh, so I'm I'm just looking forward to seeing how that plays, how that plays out. Um, so we've already, you know, um, looked at, at when the game will be set in this, uh, as you mentioned, really interesting time period. So I can imagine some people will be thinking, well, what are the expectations for costumes? Do we have to do a deep dive into... Um, the into the uh, fashion of the age, or what's the sort of of leeway you have with costumes? Um, so we've got a really good page on that. I hope I spent ages on that, mostly so we could allow people to be flexible 
to the extent that they would like to. You can use later era costumes, doesn't matter, it doesn't have to be strict 15th century, particularly the middle of the 15th century. You're allowed to bring in costume from the 16th century, in some cases the 17th. We've been allowing people to do slightly floaty elven dresses and more high fantasy inspiration from it. But for people who enjoy historical accuracy, you can go all out on that. Quite a few people probably will do. And we really want men in tights. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. So, yeah. I mean, one of the things that I love about historical gaming are the costumes. And I completely mm. understand why you don't want to say it has to be really specifically historically correct. Yeah, we find I'm just it limits the bit too much for people then. Yeah, I'm just looking forward to seeing like a bunch of people walking around <laughs> in this setting in historical costumes. Yes. Um, it's going to be amazing and and obviously i hope that there will be or oh, you've mentioned that on the page but for those who haven't read i'm hoping for some photo opportunities yeah, yeah. though mm. that of course is always a thing like is that I, how much is that going to be in game how much is that going to be out of game there is no video footage or photography allowed during the game hours or the game spaces and um, we've got mm. quite a few people with jobs that cannot have that kind of overlap or interaction yeah. with larping particularly vampire laughs um, and uh, we ourselves like keeping quite a lot of separation in our lives <laughs> um, however we do have a professional photographer who will be setting up in one of the we'll find a more lavish bedroom and people can nip in and out of that whenever they want for photographs we'll have a raw reel of them which will be a uh, we'll put it in a private location and people can opt out of their pictures uh, being shared at any point we'll give each other plenty of time two three weeks for that and um, people can also book for some professional edits if they want that's that's really it's a really good thing and and i know that there are a lot of people who appreciate it uh, but going back to, to costumes, what, what I like is, and, and we've been um, touching upon this, is, is just telling the story about uh, a character through their clothes. So if you have an age, ancient Viking, um, just mention Vikings because we're Scandinavian, mm. uh, but, but if you have an, an ancient Viking uh, or Roman or, or uh, Celtic uh, elder, then, then it would kind of make a bit of sense for them to dress up in, in a lot more uh, older fashion uh, just to kind of show that yeah, yeah, exactly. all this, these newfangled cod pieces and and, and doublets <laughs> and stuff like that it's it's doesn't doesn't float <laughs> by, by Viking ship. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. So, so yeah, I'm, I'm looking can... forward to seeing how this will take take place during or uh, it will be played out during the LARP uh, because it sounds mm -hmm. amazing. Yes, and obviously me being me, anyone who's ever listened to the podcast will know I'm going to have, have to ask about weapons and, and armor. <laughs> I mean, this is, not a, this is not a combat LARP and things like that, but uh, what, what is your, your stance on people having a character that might bring a, a weapon or a piece of armor into the game? Yeah, so LARP safe weapons are completely mm. allowed we we felt we couldn't probably allow real weapons not least because we're not sure what our insurance covers for that mm. but on top of that we've got a lot of people who are coming from abroad and it's they might be a bit sad that their friends have been able to bring in weapons but they've been unable to because of customs or getting through flights you know security um so lap safe weapons absolutely fine your host doesn't mind yeah <laughs> Um, so this is a, um, a vampire LARP, and obviously mm. vampire is one of those role-playing games that have a very, very uh, complex um, history. There's a lot of canon there. There's a lot of backstory. Um, mm. So 
can you t uh, tell us briefly what the big differences are between this lab's canon history and what one might call the official World of Darkness canon history? Sure, there's actually quite a few changes. So we don't have the attack of Hardestat by Tyler. Mm. Tyler hasn't done that yet. Uh, the stirrings of the Anarch Revolt are more <laughs> in their infancy. Yeah, because there is the, no Anarch Revolt. Because the uh, Black Page... Uh, Black Plague, Black Plague, Black Plague. <laughs> <laughs> has gone on longer in our setting than even reality. There is a few key points of canonical history which have been delayed in all of this unrest, and that's to allow us to draw in more historical accuracy and realism to our briefs and really get dirty with that. But I'll let Sable continue on. Um, we haven't had the conspiracy of Isaac either, so mm. lots of people might think of. When they see Giovanni the Last Supper, they think of the Giovanni Chronicles and potentially the big dinner. The that, big founders coming in yeah. and disrupting everything. <laughs> and the uh, yeah, the betrayal of Cappadocius mm. and Diablerie by Augustus. That hasn't happened. Yeah, and that's not founders. what this laugh is about. Yeah, the camera founders haven't yet been uh, chosen, although almost certainly they have some relays with each other. They're probably considering things like the masquerade and how we're going to push this gender onto vampire kind. <laughs> Yes. And leading on from the fact that Cappadocius hasn't been diablerized, so the Cappadocians are all around and they're playable characters. There's also been no diablery of the Zemitsi antediluvian or the Lysombra antediluvian. Mm. Hence oh. why the Anarch Revolt is not really yeah, so it's in complete its, infancy. Yeah. Tyler's around and she's kind of making a few waves, but most elders are sneering at that. So yeah. will, will there be like a, a mechanical difference between uh, Cappadocians and, and the Giovanni? Like, or, no, or so the, the Giovanni are now Cappadocians for all intents and purposes. Their clan oh. weakness is the same deathly pallor. They're actually respected as a high clan, although there's a few people wagging eyebrows at them as for their movements in the mortal world because they, you know, oh. they're very big yeah. on the banking and finance side of things. Um, but ultimately their parent clan is still protecting them quite fiercely, especially in Venice. There's a few Cappadocians in the canon who are uh, living there, mostly so they can keep an eye on their new little addition. <laughs> uh, yeah, 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 those, those pesky new, new fangles. Those pesky news. Yeah. We wanted people the option of playing Cappadocians and Giovanni um, in the same setting, um, where they're actually brushing shoulders a lot more on positive or less positive notes, depending on the individuals. Well, there's certainly yeah. some... There's certainly some options for tragedy there if you have a situation where Giovanni Cappadocian really um, gets into a, a strong friendship with uh, <laughs> a non-Giovanni Cappadocian and, and the players know what's, what's going to happen. Yeah, it's, exactly. Uh, We've got a lot of foreshadowing in the world. We love the idea of setting this at the dawn of so much is about to blow up within oh, the vampire yeah, world because you've got all these great conflicts, that. these personalities. We've even got uh, the Ventru Jagviga who's going to be creating the uh, conditions that allow mm. the Giovanni to betray their pairing clan. Um, that, that, that venture's there. She's a big, uh, what's, the, what's the word? Instigator. Yeah, she's also an antagonist to Hardestat, who can also be there. We've mm. got all these people in the same room, yeah. really. <laughs> and that is Hardestat the Elder. Yeah. <laughs> the true Elder. Oh, yeah. I, I, well, I love this when, when you have all this foreshadowing and you know that it's it's not mm. going to happen during this LARP, but it's, mm. it's just something looming <laughs> above come. the horizon, yeah. just just waiting to come crashing down. We very much didn't want to set a game that was the Anarch Revolt. 
Yeah, mm. exactly. Mm. Uh, now, this obviously needs, leads into a question about uh, how much do you need to know about Vampire the Masquerade to actually play this game? Mm-hmm. So uh, participants don't need to know anything about the game world or real history before signing up. Unless you're mm. picking one of the more involved characters from the world's canonical history, like Hardestad, like Tyler, blah, 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 you, um, everything you need will be in your personal brief. I personally tailor the newbie briefs to give them a fly-through of their own life and how it would impact their potential opinions, not railroad, you know, within reason, of what it might be like to be a vampire in their domain, in that setting, and as this clan specifically. Uh, we have a lot of one-to-one -one communication with every participant, so we can get even the most nervous vampires to be or humans into the setting. It's much easier with the humans, to be honest. Yes, I mean, it, it makes sense to... Uh to be make it as inclusive as possible and mm. then well people will just have to do a bit of reading but uh most role players aren't adverse to doing a, a bit of reading yeah as, this is a good thing with vampire a lot of the player base is quite mature and they enjoy reading but um for those who don't you know we wanted to make this as welcoming as possible really vampire sometimes has a bit of a, a higher <laughs> startup challenge for some larpers yeah. to get into mm. if they're not familiar with it because it's such a rich glorious world but it's difficult to find a way into it. So we decided to create this LARP with the exact intention of bridging a lot of the veteran LARPers with the newbies and getting them together. Mm. That, that's, that's also a really good thing because like even, even I, who's been doing the whole uh, reading through mm. Every World of Darkness book, there's, there's just so much information mm, to take in. So, so allowing for, yeah, allowing for this kind of mentorship is, is a really good thing. And, and it's, I, I think it's going to open up for a lot of new players who, who might be excellent role players, but who, who may not have a, as good as a grasp of the fiction. Yeah, exactly. To really, to really embrace everything, pun intended. Uh, and, I've seen in quite a few of the applications. And, and just just that, go um, crazy with their characters, yeah. Yeah, a few of our applications seem to be coming in from people who are really demonstrative, strong LARPers. They've, they love LARP, but they've never touched Vampire before. Um, mm. And this is for them very exciting, so that they actually can almost be mentored and supported by the long-term vampire players if they want to go for a human, and they're going to be actually uh, shepherded into this world. Um, and yeah, I mean, I'm also thinking because uh, on the flip side, there's also well, how much do you need to know about uh, LARPing because. Um, this is not going to be using what one might call a rules heavy rule system mm -hmm. um, uh, if I if I read correctly it's going to be fairly <laughs> uh, sort of easy touch so so you don't really need to know a lot about uh, specific um, LARP mechanics in order to play it correct that's very correct um, this is the collaborative style also often known as the Nordic style so um, we've got a page linked to this on our website, but um, as a flyover of it, a loose example of collaborative LARP might be where you have a, an improvised game where your friends and such get together for a weekend to decide what sort of story would create the most tension, drama, the most emotionally powerful narrative, and you would pick that over the more traditional D&D rule set or the boffer style games, um, commonly associated with the more LARP safe weapons in fields and running around, or where dice rolls and calls would encourage players to focus perhaps more on their group wins or loses or makes their way through a challenge. 
in collaborative games, conversely, you're putting on a different person not to see what that person can achieve always, unless you care about the political game strongly, but often to what it's like to be that person. It's a bit like very deep method acting and it's more playful, moving around the space more and you're living almost like one world in this deeper fantasy world, one world slightly out of it just to be able to do safe checks and make sure that people are comfortable in the space around you. But otherwise it's like a deep dive. Mm. Well, I mean, I'm I'm always uh, happy to see the sort of things because I remember uh, the first Vampire Labs I played, the first Vampire Labs I ran, that was always based on the rather clunky old Mind's Eye mm. Theatre um, system. Uh, and and as <laughs> time went by, people just starting ignoring the system more and more. <laughs> it's and what we did in our last campaign. Focusing. Almost yeah. half the players never used any <laughs> rock, paper, scissors stats over <laughs> any year. They were like, oh, no, no, I relent, I relent. I don't want to throw me around. <laughs> and I yeah, I, I remember the, the one of the few vampire LARPs I actually played was, I was like 18 years old and it was one that, that J Jacob ran. Uh -oh. and I was so wow. used to the kind of Nordic style fantasy LARPs where you just run around and, and do what your character does. So I completely forgot that I had a character sheet mm -hmm. with all these, these disciplines and powers on that I could have used to solve a whole bunch of problems. <laughs> but it was still really fun anyways. I, I don't think I accomplished any of my goals, <laughs> except for having fun. But, but yeah, I, I Peter, really which, like which game was this? Let, just remind me, which there game was, was this? There was at the Forum Con. The, oh. the, um, uh, yeah, so... Oh, good Lord, that's a long time ago. <laughs> yeah, that's that's a long time ago. Uh, so, so yeah, this. <laughs> There's there's always ways to have fun even if you don't play by the rules, yep. but but yeah it's uh, again I'm I'm I prefer the the kind of um, rules light kind of games where where you go more in for for playing rather than yeah than same rolling, I so. much prefer rule systems which are to help negotiate deeper scenes between players off game mm. um, and then throw back yeah. into the heat of the action and really just not break to be checking stats and pools for that. Yeah. Yes, and, and in situations like that, it all also makes sense to have all of these um, security measures in place mm. so that, uh, because I'm, I'm uh, people usually go for uh, some very intense scenes, mm. and uh, when you're involved in those, you can come out of it emotionally impacted. I mean, in many cases, you want to come out of it emotionally impacted, but it's always nice to have a lot of, of safety measures um, involved in, in this sort of thing. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's nice to see all of the things that are being done to make sure that people can have an intense experience, but can also be helped when that intense experience might become a bit too uh, much. Yeah, thank you. That was one of the main drivers behind we, why we wanted the night before the game even starts to get everyone interacting and chatting out of character. Almost all of our rules are to facilitate a kind atmosphere out of character and allow people to throw into this while keeping a safe separation for themselves, really. Yes. So, um, other than an entertaining experience, which is, of course, uh, a thing in itself, what do you see people getting out of this specific LARP? So, uh, really, the collaborative experience is, um, as I say, an attempt to live one world, sorry, one foot in our world, and one foot in another entirely. So it's a way of uh, delving really deeply yourself into the dark magic of the Renaissance, and indeed a supernatural version of the Renaissance. 
Um, it's a bit like an interactive you know, theatre play or a murder mystery in that you take on a role, you immerse yourself in the game's world as if you are that character experiencing events firsthand. Um, and this goes a step further because we're staying timed in for quite so long. We've got a really deep, historically accurate, rich world around it. And we're going to be doing a lot of connections between people if they like that. Um, we'll have some story and structure beats with the auction to pass through over the weekend. But uh, a lot of it is very deep on the personal plot between people. So the idea is to get um, a, a dark fantasy experience out of it, really, and learn about yeah. vampires as you go. So, so do you have, because I've, I've intentionally not looked into the, the, uh, the characters available before <laughs> we did this interview, because I kind of wanted to, to hear it firsthand from mm -hmm. you. So can, can you give kind of like some, some tips, like if you're interested in different kinds of play, like if you want to play a supportive, a supporting character, or if you want to be a more, uh, someone with more agency mm -hmm. and, and taking charge in certain situa situations, like what 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 different kinds of, of styles of play uh, do the different characters offer? Yeah, so the only thing we have um, which would be restrictive on the agency side is we don't allow ghouls and uh, mm. third level bound vampires to another just because from our experience we found that entering play on that note puts a lot of responsibility on the domitor or the person who um, holds the shackles of your bond over you to be able to provide a lot of game and orders for you through the weekend. Um, however, if you love the political game, we're driving people towards, if possible, the elders and the movers and shakers. Uh, saying that, however, neonates have a lot of wiggle room to be able to, um, the Claudius credits system that we have, everyone can engage in that if they'd like, um, and almost certainly you're going to have elders trying to choke hold neonates into giving up their well-earned Claudius credits to them. There's a lot of overlap between the elder and the neonate game. The Ancilla sit in a really lovely middle kind of ground between yeah, the two. Yeah. So, although you might, if you really want to be ordered around, treated as the uh, lower class vampire in some ways, unless yeah, yeah. You're, you've got some very high pedigree, you've got an exciting sire, um, we would aim for a neonate who comes completely alone, without any connections, that you would designate to us that you want no connections in that case. Um, yeah, yeah. But yeah, you can play a very political game if you'd like, you can play a very personal game. We're going to be writing into most characters the option of doing both. Even the big movers like Hardestat are going to have very intimate reasons why they are at this auction, linked to the esoteric side of the Black Sun and the Eclipse. We've got a lot of plot around this, but we don't like forcing characters or players into any one direction. So we create more of a sandbox world and story around it. And there's going to be a lot of Easter eggs for the lore dropped into people's briefs for this purpose. Okay. <laughs> we love the lore but for this. Will, will there be, or I'm, I'm assuming that it won't be, but, but will there be any restrictions in the kind of, of um, access to, to different things? Like if you play a mortal, will, will you be uh, more invited or, or um, allowed into the, the more mortal sides of things? Or, or can you like move between the, the mortal and the vampire world, so to speak? And, and are there any differences in, in what kind of game you're getting, depending on... on Could you clarify that you for a moment? Did you mean how different will your game be if you're playing one of the humans compared to one of the vampires? Yeah, exactly. Like, is, is there... Of course, there's going to be differences, but but would would the mortal characters be allowed to 
sit in the same room. And, ah, yeah. I mean, these mortals are not in a normal mortals. With, with that, for example. Yeah, I mean, these mortals are not normal mortals. In essence, they are vampires to be. Everyone knows they're going to yeah. be embraced by the yeah. end of the hospitality three nights. And um, especially in the case of those who are intended to be embraced into the higher clans, more than likely the Venture will be dragging their intended humans around, sitting in as uh, <laughs> the meetings so, with yeah, them. You will learn what you're <laughs> needing. Yeah, okay, yeah, that's a, that sounds really cool because that's that allows you, again, I'm, I'm thinking for ways in for for a new player or a, a person who, who isn't uh, hasn't had time to read up on on the vampiric side of the fiction, you, you, you're still gonna get the, the full experience of, of oh, hanging around absolutely. with, with oh, these ancient vampires. And, and I, I kind of, I, I, I don't necessarily like playing uh, politically powerful characters, but I do like being around the, uh, the, the political happenings, so to speak. You so want I, to I be like playing... in the room where it happens. Yeah, exactly. I want to be in the room where it happens, and I, I don't mind playing sidekick. So uh, it it sounds really nice that that you have this, uh, especially if, if um, uh, when when as you say that the the, the mortals they're just anybody they're they're someone because they're uh, they they've been chosen to become vampires, and and I think that puts a lot of. Um, of prestige, I think, is the yeah, best word. Yeah, there's a lot of agency the in the human players, characters, really definitely. Yeah. Not least, but the humans who are born on the <laughs> the eclipse, this black sun, are um, very special in their own right. They're not yeah. normal humans. They're slightly supernatural themselves. They each have a particular gift or curse, depending on which one of them you ask, which has yeah. uh, haunted their lives for some of them since they can remember. And uh, this is the reason they've actually been brought and collected up by Claudius for this auction. Um, mm. And a lot of these powers are going to be very effective on some of the vampires. There's one called the Echo. Um, and for all intents and purposes, at least when they're activating their power, they appear like the most dearly beloved in some way to the person looking at them. And we've got quite a lot of vampires from Constantinople. The Nicolai Torridor, yeah. uh, which we're hoping will glimpse Michael in the Echo and a few other things. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. This. Yeah. I'm. I'm just getting more and more excited about this. <laughs> yes, I, I. I. When I read the whole thing about the the mortals being born at a specific time and getting powers, I just I immediately loved that because I'm a big proponent of the world of darkness having other supernatural elements and having especially unknown supernatural ele mm. elements like these people have powers because they've been born under an eclipse but what does that mean and I exactly. could definitely see myself mm. I, I mean I have so many ideas for concepts I would love <laughs> to play in this but I could definitely see myself playing a scholarly type who wants to figure out the secret mm, and it's definitely this. Yes, and it would definitely be the whole idea would be that I would never learn the secret. I mean, I would I would consider it a failure if I learned the secret because it would be this quixotic quest to learn an impossible secret. But I want to get my hands on one of these mortals, and I want to find out what makes them tick. And it could mm -hmm. be really scary because it would be like looking at them, going, 
ooh, I want you, and I, I want to study you, and things exactly. like that. So you've managed to create this epic. Find out what makes them tick, then you might find secrets about vampires yep. that you might not yeah. want to figure out. Oh yeah, yeah, we've got a few uh, up so many surprises doors. over yes. the weekend, definitely for that. I mean, I'm, I'm just <laughs> thinking that I, I, I really hope you, you do more runs of this because uh, just off the top of my head, I have like five <laughs> character ideas that I would love to play. Uh, so, so hope, hopefully, hopefully, I'll get a chance at some point to to play all of them. <laughs> we um, you will. Um, but I mean, moving on from that, um, obviously, for those uh, listeners who don't know, um, the uh, the the sign up has closed for this run, um, and I don't know if you're planning any runs in um, in uh, the uh, the years following the first run, uh, but there does seem to have been quite a lot of interest in in the game. So hopefully, mm-hmm. if it doesn't completely uh, destroy you running this <laughs> big game um you you will you will pick it up uh, again and i mean because we've we've seen with other games things like um convention of thorns that there are you know people are willing to return to what is basically the same game because if they play a different character they get a completely different experience mm, yeah we're very pro the idea of doing further runs at this point we've got far more interest than we were ever really expecting we're very grateful for it um, I think we had over 600 sign-ups at this point for a game which was meant to be about 80 to 90 players. So we're going to be doing multiple runs in the spring of 2023. At this point, we could, we've travel-checked with our caterers and we can probably do five to six runs. Um, whether we do future runs, we might take two-year gaps. We're still deciding on that because we have another idea that we're very keen to run for a game in the future as well. So we might leapfrog those. Yes, I've... I mean, looking at the amount of work that you've done, I've been looking at uh, the pages, I've been on on the Discord, and the amount of energy <laughs> you put into this, I'm just thinking, do you have lives outside of this game? <laughs> because I'm I'm just blown away at the amount of, of effort that's been put into this. This is easily the biggest amount of, of pre-game information I've seen in any lab, and I'm... I'm stunned at the amount of work that's been put into it. Uh, thank you. We, uh, yeah, we, we love this. I mean, I do this full time, to be fair. Uh, my two co-organizers have uh, lives, as it were, and jobs outside of this. But um, we ultimately wanted to front load the inspiration, the insp- inspiration, mm. the information, so that people had access to it throughout the year and they could more slowly digest it. But we wanted people to have, um, we care about transparency quite a lot, particularly when you're involving yourself with uh, darker or more mature themes, you know, for a game. We like the idea that all of our players before signing up know what they're signing up for and they can get excited for that. Um, We ultimately don't think it's um, a game where if, if you're not sure what you're getting in for that, you know, for us, we wanted everyone to know what they're getting. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. So for anyone who doesn't know this game but is interested in learning more about it if, with the option of there being runs in the future, um, what practical information is there? Where can you find information? How much does it cost and things like that? What, what can you tell us there? Mm-hmm. So our website is www.thechildrenofthesun.com, which will <laughs> probably become more relevant in your briefs as to why we've called it that. Um, and we have a little drop-down menu on that website, which says read first. There's a brief, <laughs> there's a practical page, um, and there's pretty much everything you need on that, not just to get started, but to go through over the year. We've got a big page on the Renaissance and how it affects the vampires in the era. 
Um, the practicals basically are we've got about 85, I think at this point, players per run because we have to house our caterers. We've decided to expand on that a bit. Mm, yeah. And one third will be human characters, which are quite, as far as I can see, popular right now. And two thirds mm. vampires, which also includes uh, a load of the canon characters from the world, or you could create your own. Everyone's able to create their own bespoke character. We go through that process with everyone. Um, spring 2023. Tickets include all the on-site accommodation in this gorgeous uh, venue with all its lovely grounds. Uh, almost all the bedrooms are in the main mansion, but we have two separate lodges just down the drive, literally stones throw, for people in groups who want rooms that are always off game, like private. They mm. have their own little lounge and a kitchen as well. And uh, you're fully catered, three meals a day, plus so many snacks. We uh, have proper <laughs> tea, good coffee. <laughs> We're also including red wine in that price. We're going to have um, an amount of it out per night. Just don't get, you know, don't get so drunk that you can't role play. Uh, we recommend people to bring their own alcohol beyond that though everyone needs to be over 18 to play oops sorry mm. um, yeah. yeah well um i have to say this is probably the first live i've ever love i've ever seen where one of the things i've been thinking about is what room would i like because i looked at some of the <laughs> yeah. rooms there and they look absolutely gorgeous and um i mean the amount of players you you say have signed up it shows mm -hmm that all of the the work that you've done that is really appreciated uh i've been on the discord Yay. i've seen the amount <laughs> yeah. of of talk that goes on there <laughs> and i have to say you know i i'm just i'm buzzing i'm i'm so re ready for this uh it looks like an amazing experience and Yay. i would encourage all of our listeners if you don't already know about this lab check out the website i'm also going to leave the link in our description um take a look at it if there are uh, later runs then sign up for it because this really really looks like it's going to be just an amazing experience for anyone mm. who's interested in LARP we have or a, vampire. We do have a waiting list actually and um, it's oh. hopefully given the number of runs that we're going to be doing we're hoping that the waiting list will be relatively short so if we have dropouts over 2022 hop onto the waiting list because we should be able to get you onto it. Mm, yeah, yes. that's that's a really good thing as well. So because it's it, it's more than a year until the actual mm. norm. So unfortunately, things can happen. And, yeah, and exactly. Things people might have to drop out. Can can I have Douglas Adams' room, by the way? <laughs> you like that? Or, or have you reserved it for yourself? He stayed in about five different rooms. He liked moving around. So okay, <laughs> yeah, I, I'll. I'll I can just have one of them. <laughs> just touch the same <laughs> space that you're touching. And mm. one final thing I'd like to say, uh, an interesting thing was I uh, obviously showed this uh, game to a lot of my friends and I showed it to one of my friends and I told him how much, much it cost and he said, oh, that's a lot of money. And then I told, showed him where it was going to be <laughs> and how long you, they were go we were going to be there with catering. He, he said, how on earth are they yeah. managing that for that uh, amount of that <laughs> small amount of money not, because yeah. i'm not just still amazed from this set of runs um we really wanted to give a treat back to the community with this so mm. we were deciding this is we've been running games for a long time but we haven't run a big international game we've run this amount of players and this writing before it's not this is kind of you know standard for us however we decided for the international if this is our first time, we should probably do something really grand, really lovely, exciting. And if we want to, we can always scale up for price in the future. But for now, we'll, this is allowing people to see how we run, really, as organizers. And uh, yeah, we're quite welcoming of people yeah, just coming and having a good time, a really, <laughs> enjoying it. Yeah. 
Mm. Yeah, it's 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 a really nice thing to to do to the community community mm. and to the to participants, yeah, especially with the pandemic. Yeah, exactly. With the, with the pandemic and the economy being what it is, it's I think it's really going to be appreciated by everyone. And yeah, it's I, I'm I'm just so overwhelmed by all <laughs> of the nice things that you you've been doing with, with everything, both like in game and and off game and with everything practical. So I'm. Like I'm, I'm gonna go to uh, this one of these <laughs> runs. I'm like, nothing's gonna stop me. Perfect. Uh, hopefully, <laughs> and, <laughs> fingers crossed. And your costume will include a hat. Oh, oh yeah. of course it will. <laughs> at least, at least one hat, possibly several. Multiple Excellent. Hats uh, but um, I still don't know what to play, so I don't know what hat to bring. <laughs> well, yes. Well, you have you have time to figure out what you're going to uh, to be playing. In my case, it's I. I I need to narrow down all of my ideas. I think that's <laughs> yeah. that's the mark of a of a great pitch is that you get a lot of Good. ideas. Yeah, we wanted people to look at it and go, "Oh no, I don't know what to play because there's too much to play." Yes, yeah, you you yeah. made you made the big mistake of mentioning bloodlines and immediately I thought Sinbuja <laughs> because I'm a fan of those, but um that that it might be difficult, but I I uh, I'm going to make a pitch for it. <laughs> anyway, um <laughs> do you have any last things that you would like to say to uh, our listeners? Um, not really. You're actually good with the questions. We want to just say hello, and we hope that you have fun, really. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, once again, thank you so much for this interview, and uh, good luck with the game. Thank you so much. Thank you. Yeah, thank, thank you for coming, and, and again, I'm, I'm just looking forward to this Yeah, so thank much. you for having so, us. Uh, and, and to meeting you as well, in, in person as well, it's going to be fun. So. Yeah, we will have a drink yeah. over on the Wednesday night. <laughs> yeah, let's do that. Or, well, uh, I'll, I'll be drinking something non-alcoholic. You So before we end, uh, we have a new patron on Patreon, so thank you very much and welcome to the English Times. Other than that, we're going to unveil a new surprise next Friday, which will not be an episode. But for now, it is goodbye from me, Jacob. And from me, Peter. Farewell, and see you next time. Bye.